Happy Tuesday, Locked On Wildcat fans. I'm your host, Mike. All right, we're going to talk a lot of Arizona all today because we've got Arizona basketball now uh, coming down the home stretch. Three games left. What do you need to know about those games and how impactful are these games for Arizona's seeding and their future going forward? Let's get started here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it Locked On Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, a lot to get to on this show, but we're going to talk about coming up here for Arizona basketball and what everything uh, needs to happen for Arizona to get a one seed, and we're going to preview the next three games coming up. But first, we've got to rehash a little bit. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of what happened this past week for the University of Arizona. I don't really care that um, – I don't. I'll just be honest with you. I don't really care that uh, – uh, Arizona or that uh, uh, Colorado, Utah aren't rated doesn't mean anything to me right here. What I wanted to see Arizona do was beat down some teams that they should beat down and do it in an unconventional manner. And what that unconventional manner was, was a Julius Tabellis. A Julius Tabellis did not uh, have his dominating games that we're used to seeing. Now, um, it, we kind of take him for granted to a certain extent, but we shouldn't. He was, uh, you know, he just didn't play well. He was kind of taken out of his element, and that was that. But you know what? Other guys stepped up. We've talked about it with Courtney Ramey a ton, that Courtney Ramey has become somewhat of a secondary facilitator. You look week in and week out, he's getting putting up big assist numbers, and he looks very comfortable in the process doing it. I would actually like to see him drive to the basket a little bit more, stress the defense a little bit more, because he's far more natural in that uh, capacity than uh, than some other guys. And um, But either way, he's playing incredibly good ball right now, and if you're an Arizona fan, you're absolutely ecstatic to see that, because again, this is a guy that he's a little bit different than Kirk Carissa in that... He's a better athlete. He's uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He's a little bit more explosive, a little bit more athletic. He can do some things out there that other people just you know can't quite do, and that's not a knock towards them. Love what he's doing right there, and I love how he's fitting in right next to Kirk Risa. So right now at those guard positions, I think you're feeling pretty good about things. Then at that small forward, or excuse me, at that small forward spot, big big kudos to Sed Henderson Jr. We're big fans of Sed Henderson Jr. on this show, as so many of you know, um, that, uh, you know, because again, he can do kind of a little bit of everything. He can get you 10, he can get you 10 points. He can play some good defense, get you a few rebounds here and there, can do a lot of different things for you. Sed Henderson Jr. has been a massive, massive player for Arizona, and it's something that I think you're going to continue to see going forward because, it's uh again, it's pretty impressive what he's doing. He also allows Pella Larson, our guy, the Swedish pinball, to come off the bench. I don't care what happens going forward. If Pella Larson's an All-American next year, you name it, doesn't matter to me. Pella Larson, if it's up to me, will be coming off the bench because he's just more natural in that role. We found that out. 
in, whether it's ball handling, whether it's getting uh, getting into the paint, whether it's scoring. Larson just feels, looks like he's more comfortable in that kind of default linebacker or that deep linebacker, that kind of that default six man position where he can sit back, he can watch what's going on and he can see that, you know, I got to be able to do this. I got to be able to do that, whatever the case may be. So again, big tip of the cap right there to uh, Pella Larson um, and to Tommy Lloyd for figuring out exactly what Arizona needs to do. Um, then got to talk about our guy, Umar Ballo. Umar Ballo is, and we've talked about this before, Umar Ballo is the one player who shouldn't really have off games. And what I mean by that is, and this isn't a slight towards him because he's a very, very good player, but Umar Ballo shouldn't really have a ton of off games per se because his game is still more predicated on kind of brute force, um, you know, uh, hustle around the basket, getting easy rebounds, getting dunks, things like that. That's where he should really be. That's where he should really be able to kind of set himself apart. And honestly, he's been able to do that. Um, you watch him and he's putting up something like, you know, he puts up 18 and 16 against the uh, against the Mountain School or against uh, Colorado. And you got to remember, too, Colorado is a team that's a little bit longer, a little bit, as John Schuster put it one time, he said, they're kind of interesting, long, interesting athletic. And I think that's a very, very good way of putting it. They're not your traditional um, – that they're not your traditional uh, – uh, you know, kind of long athletic bouncy team, but they're long. And he dominated in that game. And it was a game that Arizona needed him to dominate in because if Azulis Tabellis isn't playing well, I think it's okay for Azulis Tabellis to not have a great game here and there because as far, you know, as much as he, as well as he's played, you know, every now and then it takes a little bit of, uh, it takes a little bit of time for somebody to kind of come around right there. And, I think that's where the cats are right now. So that's kind of where we are. That's kind of where we're at at this point. Now, going forward, then the key to all of this is you want to get a number one seed or you want to stay out west. Especially when staying out west would mean staying, probably being in Las Vegas. Um, we know how Arizona fans travel, we know that it's a proud bunch. And, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's just a little bit of a different. Uh, you know, a little bit of a different mentality, but you got to take care of business first. And these three games coming up are the games that you need to take care of business first. ASU. Um, ASU is kind of in a free fall right now. Um, I made the mistake, and I will never do it again. You have my word, but I made the mistake of falling for ASU this year. I thought ASU was actually good. Um, but they did the Bobby Hurley thing where you start out fast, you kind of burn out, and then there's really nothing. Uh, there's really nowhere to go from there. Um, now it, uh, with, with Arizona, um, they should be able to pummel ASU. Now, the one thing that ASU did against Arizona that caused some problems was they started pressing towards the end and Arizona does not have great ball handlers, um, or next level guys outside of Courtney Ramey who are really, really good athletes. And that's a little bit of a problem. So Arizona certainly got to be equipped and has to be ready for that one right there. And, I expect them to be just fine in that regard. But a ASU, though, you got to figure that they're coming in desperate. Bobby Hurley has uh, – I don't want to say he's on the hot seat because I don't know. I'm certainly not an ASU insider. But you watch him and you think, like, hmm, there's a, there's something else going on right there. And maybe that ship has kind of sailed. Maybe that's kind of reached its peak. 
pardon the pun right there. But this is a game that Arizona should win. I'd love to see Azulis Tabellis get back on track, though, because, again, Azulis has been fantastic pretty much all season. He's in a little bit of a tailspin right now, but right now he uh, I think that you need him to be able to get uh, to that get back to where he was. Um, you need him to be able to get back to where he was. And if you can get back to where he was, then Arizona is going to be in a lot of really good shape. And in a weird way, this slide will maybe be a good thing in hindsight for Arizona, because again, you've got a, a player who you got a player that, uh, you know, has not, uh, you know, other players have kind of picked up the slack for him to a certain extent. And, um, uh, now they come back. He comes back. It's kind of like with Miles Simon. Remember, uh, for you old timers out there like me, you remember when Miles Simon was academically ineligible to start the year that Arizona won the national championship. He came back, and oh, by the way, um, you know, we missed the first semester, but he came back. Michael Dickerson had already shown that he could be a 20 point per game guy. Uh, Mike Bibby, obviously, and Jason Terry showed the exact same thing. So and he comes back, and obviously it was a little bit of a transition at times. I'm not going to say that it was easy, but he came back, and he was, uh, you know, um, by the end of the season, all of those guys were kind of in their realm. Now, Mike D struggled a little bit at the end. We all know that. But the point holds to true for Azulis Tabellis as well, that Azulis, I think, at this stage would be very good um, – very good in that uh, as kind of, the, you know, obviously the point of uh, reference. But then after that, Umar Ballo has shown that he can dominate when needed be. Uh, Courtney Ramey, somewhat of the same, um, somewhat of the same thing in that he's also shown that he can be, he can do some incredibly good things. So again, I think that's a good thing. I expect Arizona to blast uh, ASU though. I think ASU is at a tailspin. I think they're going to continue to struggle the rest of the season. While I think Arizona is... Uh, gearing up for a, ru a run again. Tommy Lloyd has been very smart about uh, you know where Arizona is, and I think he's going to continue to uh, show people that you know this Arizona basketball team isn't something to uh, joke about. Now look, we're going to talk about the LA schools and what that would mean in a second, but first let's talk about Built Bar. All right, you look at the big, strong, physical teams out there in college basketball, and you say to yourself. How did they get so good? How did they get so strong? How did they get so big? Built Bar probably had something to do with it because everybody falls into the same trap where you're like, yeah, I don't really want to eat today. Or, uh, you know, I don't, not looking forward to my post uh, workout protein because it tastes like chalk or, the, or it doesn't taste good. Built Bar tastes like candy. It's fantastic. Everybody likes candy. You can get it at your GNC, all kinds of different flavors. I like blueberry. But again, check it out. Built Bar, where it's at, sweeping the nation, sweeping the nation for a good reason. All right, we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back and we're going to start previewing the L.A. schools. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now, the L.A. schools. So, Arizona right now has very, very good wins on the season, as we've talked about. You've already got, uh, right now, you've already got Tennessee, top 10 team. I know that, uh, you know, I know that they've had a few ups and downs, but, you know, whatever. Tennessee, a little bit of an up and down, or uh, but a top 10 team. UCLA, which we'll get to in a second, top 10 team. Then you got San Diego State. You got uh, Creighton. You've got uh, Indiana. These are all pretty good wins right here, even Indiana. And so, again, with Creighton, though, it becomes fascinating because you need, if you're Arizona, I think the thing that you're looking at is you're like, okay, so um, UCLA. Um, and the LA schools. Well, first let's talk about USC because they don't matter as much, but they matter. I think SC is going to be that third team that gets into the tournament. Now, I think the reason that they're going to get in the tournament is because I think you got to put three teams in from the PAC 12 and USC is probably that third team. That's just a guess on my part. No inside information, but USC poses some problems as we've seen. USC is very, very big up front. That's always been a hallmark of Andy Enfield's teams. I like, I'm an, I'm an Andy Enfield guy. I know a lot of people like to diss Andy Enfield. I am not one of those people. You'll never catch me dissing Andy Enfield. I like Andy Enfield. Um, and watching him, uh, you know exactly what he's going to get. He's going to have athletic guys. He's going to have big men up front that can do some different things. And that's no different this year. You got Joshua Morgan. You got Vince Iwachukwu, who I think is probably going to be a lottery pick at some point. If I were Andy Enfield, being that he's uh, Vince has started the season later, I would probably not play him as much, just so maybe get him back for another year. That's what I would do at least. But um, there's going to be some length. There's going to be some issues for Arizona right there. So that's going to be a little bit of a good test. Then on the perimeter, you got Boogie Ellis. Boogie Ellis, you can make the case, is the best point guard in the conference. Tough guy, can really ball out, go for some big points, and he's shown that time and time again. Then you got Kobe Johnson. You got Derek White. You got guys like that. And – Again, it's a solid team. It really is. Um, I watch them, though, and I think to myself that there's going to be some times when their offense starts to bog down a little bit because, again, while I like Andy Enfield, he's not a great X's and O's coach. You never come away from a USC game saying, man, that's an aesthetically pleasing team to watch. That just generally isn't part of the Andy Enfield equation, and you know what? That's fine. But, again, because, again, I think he does a very good job for USC. But Arizona needs to win that game. What's uh, what you worry about a little bit is you know you don't want to uh, take one team lightly, especially when you got UCLA right there. It's kind of the Arizona ASU travel partner thing where people know that all right, Arizona is traveling with ASU. That means that Arizona or ASU or excuse me, ASU is going to be kind of the walkover to get to Arizona. You don't want to fall into that trap with SC because again, uh, Enfield's shown that he's a pretty good coach and that he can win some games. So. That's kind of where it's at. I expect Arizona to be able to beat USC, and I expect it to be a, a fairly – I expect it, I don't want to say convincing, but I expect Arizona to clearly win that or to cleanly win that game. Then you got the game that everybody's talking about, USC. Okay. Now, with US or UCLA, excuse me. With UCLA, it's fascinating because I think McCrodin's a pretty good coach. I can't stand his uh, demeanor the way that he whines about everything, but he's a pretty good coach. I think he's done a really good job at at UCLA. And not only do I think he's done a pretty good job at UCLA, um, he uh, not only do I think he's done a pretty good job at UCLA, I think that he is uh, a guy that has been able to put 
the pieces around, and not only the pieces around, but he's also instilled a toughness that they haven't had since probably Ben Howland. They certainly didn't have it under Alford. Now, they're ranked fourth in the nation right now. You watch them, and there's a lot of pieces that he's got a lot of good pieces. Jaime Hawkes and Azulis Tabellas are the two best players in the conference. Um, and not only are they the two best players in the conference, I think they're clearly the two best players of the conference and guys that could cause some matchup problems across the board. Then you got Tiger Campbell. He's the epitome of a guy. You can't really look at his numbers. You have to just watch him play and see the impact that he has. Timely shots, controls the game. That's where everything stops and starts for those two guys for US, US or UCLA and Jalen Clark. Jalen Clark is going to be the conference defensive player of the year, and he should be the conference defensive player of the year. He's probably going to be the most improved player in the conference. He should be the most improved player in the conference. And watching him, he's a guy that can give you 16 points, five rebounds, four or five assists. You name it, he can do it. That's, you know, that's just kind of how he's wired. He's a really, really good basketball player and a guy that has improved immensely. Now, up front, which we're going to get to in a second, I think is where Arizona can exploit some of that. But first, let's talk about LinkedIn. All right. The segment's brought to you by LinkedIn. Get the applicants you need for free, sponsored by LinkedIn. Post your job for free. LinkedIn.com backslash locked on college. Okay. With LinkedIn, this is where it is. Everybody's gotten a job through LinkedIn and um, or knows somebody that got a job. And the reason why is because it's trusted and it works. Check it out. LinkedIn, great stuff going on right there. And again, uh, back, uh, LinkedIn.com backslash locked on college. Check it out. Get the applicants you need for free. And this re- uh, we'll talk a little bit of recruiting here before we get back to the big men. Arizona with recruiting right now and uh, is uh, outpacing UCLA. UCLA got Amari Bailey for sure. That's good. But their next class doesn't look that good. Right now, Arizona has Jamari Phillips in the bag. UCLA is pretending they didn't want Jamari Phillips. They did. Same thing with Carter Bryant. I expect Carter Bryant to become an Arizona Wildcat as well. And those are two Southern California kids who would be big losses for UCLA. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back with you. We're going to talk about the big man up front for UCLA and what Arizona needs to do to exploit them. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now we've got a uh, we've got a lot to get to here about UCLA and their big men up front. Um, with uh, with UCLA, Adem Bona, very very good five star big man. But after that, there's not a ton. You got a lot of times they'll go small. You got Jaime Hawkins up front, but he's kind of an undersized guy. You got Jalen Clark. But Bona is essentially your one big man right there, and they've never really been able to get another guy in there. This is a game that Umar Ballo's got to eat. Umar Ballo and Azulis Tabellas have to dominate in this game because that is Arizona's advantage against almost every team going in. And not only, um, and not only uh, is he going, are you going into that game saying that you got to dominate? You should dominate because again. UCLA is a smaller team. They're a very good team, but they're a smaller team. Arizona should be able to win that game. Arizona should be able to dominate down low, and I expect Arizona to dominate down low. So those are the matchups. Now, if Arizona were to win this game, I think that you kind of lock up a number one seed, to be honest with you, and I think you lock up that number one seed out west. Kansas is probably going to be locked up in the Midwest, and you're dealing, you know, everybody else is kind of a jockeying for position. But Arizona right now, 
I think is uh, looks very good if they can beat UCLA again. UCLA now is that game of the season. You go into Pauly and you beat them, um, it's going to be a tough game. It also kind of uh, eliminates UCLA from that talk because it's also with UCLA, let's be honest here, you don't really have many good wins here. Arizona is your last opportunity to get a good win. All right, we're going to talk about this throughout the rest of the uh, the week rest of the off season, you name it. I mean, the rest of the season, you name it. We got it again. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow as always really appreciate you uh, keeping it locked on Wildcats. A lot of good stuff to get to right now. Arizona basketball is beating people down and they're looking good in the process. You all have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to locked on Wildcats.